1: and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Petroba, and joining me as always is Stephen Jodoran and Armand Kafai. If you haven't done so, please go back and listen to yesterday's episode, where we speak with Bobby Warshaw of MLSsoccer.com, where we discuss CONCACAF Champions League and why MLS struggles to perform. On this episode, we speak with Ian Thomas of the Business Sports Journal to learn more about MLS's TV rights deal. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. Don't forget, you can always find the show on any major podcast platform. Now, let's get to today's episode. <laughs> Joining us on the show is a staff writer for the Sports Business Journal. It's Ian Thomas. You can follow him on Twitter at, at ByIanThomas. Ian, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, guys. How are you?
2: Are doing great, um, Ian. Let, let's just, I guess, begin really general. TV deals in sports are very significant, but how significant are they to sports leagues?
0: I mean, it's pretty much the lifeblood for for any league, for any any special, even just teams. Uh, the revenue that comes via broadcast deals, uh, especially the last sort of round of deals for all leagues, have been pretty much monumental, for lack of a better word, and have you know, is the reason for salary increases for teams revenues being at all time high for, you know, for deals like the Bryce Harper deal to, you know, the contract that Antonio Brown has now, I mean, the backing of all of these deals effectively is the broadcast contracts and the, the vast, the the bulk, the majority, however you want to kind of phrase it uh, of team revenues coming directly from, from those sort of deals. Frankly, Whatever sport you want to talk about, you know, whether it's a the NFL, or you're talking billion dollars worth of contracts, media contracts, or you know, very small leagues where that even that small amount of incremental revenue is, uh, you know, a real a real deal breaker or a real, I should say, real big deal, uh, you know, for any league to kind of get off the ground.
3: Now you, you had you had your report uh, this past week talking about how MLS uh, instructed their teams, hey, don't put your local broadcast deals past 2022. It looks like they want to move towards packaging local broadcast rights with their national deal. Why would MLS decide, hey, that's, gonna, that's a good option for us to go with?
0: Sure. Well, you know, the, the last MLS TV rights deal was a three times increase, the one that has their games on ESPN, uh, Fox, and Universe. That, w- that was three times more than the previous deal. At the same time, that deal is only about $90 million a year, which is you know extremely pales in comparison to any other major professional sport here in the US. Yeah, you know, for for owners in MLS right now to justify paying, you know, $150, $150 million in expansion fees plus you know, stadium costs plus, you know, training facility, development of that, you know, signing, you know, $10, $15 million for a designated player on a you know, the fee alone plus the salaries, plus all the other upkeep. You know, they're they're looking for revenue increases on you know what they re- receive from the league what what that sort of payout is and you know as I'm sure anyone who's a fan of MLS has recognized you know that they've signed bigger deals with companies like Audi or, or Kellogg's and, and Adidas and that sort of thing the one thing that really hasn't kept pace is the TV broadcast deal so when that sort of comes up in 2022 from the national point of view the league really needs to drive a lot of revenue out of that deal not only to kind of Uh, justify might be the wrong way of putting it, but, you know, give owners the sense of this is what we're investing towards, but also fuel the the league's future growth. You know, that, if that deal doubles in size, say that's, you know, more money that teams are going to have to put into stadiums to buy players with, to, to invest in marketing and do all of these things. So the league really wants to put itself in the best position to get the largest deal it possibly can. That, that obviously still makes sense for growing the game and fans and making sure people can see it. So they really are trying to have what's the most, you know, let's get all of our rights at the table at the same time, you know, all of our national TV rights here in the U S and in Canada, all of our TV rights globally, internationally, and and all of our TV rights locally as well. And, and sort of see what comes out of it, you know, or that going to, you know, can a big person, a big company, come in and spend a ton of money and do it? Can they split it up in certain ways? Just kind of have everything, all the cards on the table, and and whatever might lead to the biggest deal. So that, I, I said it's kind of like, I'm not really sure how it's going to work out just yet, but that is the thought process.
1: Ian, you, you mentioned obviously bundling the local and, and national uh, rights deals. Do you, do you get the sense that maybe they're trying to do what the NFL has has done with their TV rights deal, where it's a national broadcast, but your team will be shown in your in your market?
0: I mean. That certainly is a, is a potential option. I mean, I think to probably justify a broadcaster to do something like that, you're going to need TV ratings like the NFL has, where you're going to have millions of folks, you know, effectively tuning in nationally regardless. You know, I'm not, obviously, I think we all know MLS is not there yet on the TV side. They have had some growth in recent years, but there's obviously also concerted effort to make sure those ratings, you know, continue to grow. And uh, so. I'd be hard pressed to believe that, you know that that's how it would kind of play out. I do think the league obviously would love. I mean, if that's if an ESPN or a broadcaster came with that idea, I don't think I'm certainly sure they wouldn't turn it down. Um, but it would just be a matter of of someone seeing the value in that property like that. Yeah,
2: let me ask you. When it comes to the NFL and MLS, we know there's a lot of link between them. Obviously, with a couple of owners sharing. Ownerships of an NFL team and an MLS team, but whatever happens in NFL, does that trickle down to MLS? And can we see more of that happening going forward, especially with the TV deals? I know you kind of, we kind of drew comparisons to it, but is that influence? Is that a big significant influence in MLS?
0: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is there's probably only five or six sports leagues that truly matter on TV. You know the, I guess the traditional big four in in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and uh, NBA. You know you have MLS kind of as that you know uh, other other big one here in in North America, and obviously now you have Premier League and and Liga league Maxi uh, Excuse me, Liga league, league uh if, if uh, you're a Spanish language speaker. You know I think you know there's only so many of these deals that are sort of out there. So when it comes to another league, sort of looking and saying. You know what did League X do in their deal to make sure that they got that you know two or three times increase? You know, a lot of people were concerned that some of the NFL deals wouldn't be as robust as they previously were, and the NFL went out and did you know its Thursday Night Football deal, or you know still in discussions with Amazon. You know, some some talk now about you know changing some of their Sunday afternoon deals, and and all of them are pointing to you know multiple times increases on top of what are already, like I said, billion dollar deals. So I think, you know, it would would be silly of MLS to not turn around and sort of say, and and I know they do this, you know, what really works for these other leagues and and what can we kind of take from that at the same time, you know, they're, they're far different products. You know, I think, you know, NFL games, uh, you know, you'll never see one that doesn't have, you know, Tens of millions of people watching, hypothetically. MLS, you know, it's closer to 300,000 folks. Mm -hmm. I think MLS being a little bit of a newer property can kind of probably take things a little bit more of a different approach, whether that's, you know, the NFL just went down that path of streaming with with Amazon. MLS could be a little more aggressive on that front, knowing that maybe that's an, an option for what they view as a younger, more digitally savvy fan base. You know, the idea of the NFL doing a digital deal solely digital is probably not possible given kind of you know the age the average age of a fan and how they consume the game for mls maybe that's realistic so i think they do crib notes i think you know at the end of the day they're all they're all obviously a little bit unique and it depends on who they're who they're in discussions with in terms of broadcast partners as well
3: how specifically are mls teams and they're told hey don't have your extend your deals uh uh, but how are those teams reacting basically to the news i mean it seems like you know, there's been a kind of a wave of like some local deals that have actually, you know, been making a little bit more money relative to the past, like DC United's deal with Flow Sports off the top of my head is is what I, I can think of. So how how are those teams reacting?
0: Well, you know, I I think to your point, you know, there some of the, some of the deals are improving. I mean, certainly in the case of a Flow Sports or you know, LAFC deal with YouTube TV you know these are these are starting to you know be true revenue producing deals for the teams, but the reality is is that for most teams, you know you're you're probably talking in terms of you know maybe a million dollars or two dollars or less for a rights fee versus say you know any other pro sports team where you're you're talking potentially tens of millions of dollars a year. So I think you know the the teams their feeling on this is sort of that you know. Something needs to kind of change a little bit. Something needs to be sort of done to make sure these deals, you know, really sort of get the sort of revenue out of them that, that, you know, the teams feel they're worth, but also to help the teams grow in terms of their own bottom line. And, you know, the feeling is, but maybe some of this is helped by the fact that it is a single entity league and the owners have all bought into this strategy that, you know, the biggest way to grow this pot of broadcast revenue, whether it's local, international, or national, is to put everything together and and figure it out from there. Um, so I think more or less the teams have been pretty pretty happy. Like they've been they've been online with this. Um, you know, I I guess the the question probably is are how do broadcasters maybe feel about this and lose potentially losing some of those, you know, properties they've they've developed over the last number of years, but then again, we're you know we're still talking about a landscape three or so years away. It, it, I think it's probably a better question to see how that reaction is on that front. Maybe in, in another year or two, when some of these deals are either closer to expiration or or are closer to having to be ended as a result.
1: Ian, when broadcasters look to sign TV deals with leagues, apart from TV ratings, what other factors go into
0: play? Well, I think ratings, to your point, are. are are a huge one. I, I think another one is is the demographics and, and you know, who is actually watching these games and, and what kind of advertisers are looking to sort of meet that audience. You know, for for MLS, where you have sort of this younger, more digitally savvy, this millennial, multicultural audience that I think, you know, a lot of advertisers and, and broadcasters, that's the kind of viewer they're looking to attract That's the kind of, you know, uh, people that companies are trying to speak to in terms of advertising. You know, that that sort of comes into play as well. And, you know, companies, broadcasters are always looking for properties that they feel have some inherent upside. You know, there's only only one NFL. You know, NFL only has so many broadcast packages. There's only so many of those Goliath sort of sports properties that you're going to say, all right, we're going to put, you know, the Sunday night football game on it's going to draw X number of viewers every week. There, there's, you know, there's only a few of those things. So what are some things that we can we see potential growth on? What are some things that the broadcasters feel that they can play a role in and help develop as well? Which I think that's sort of been the approach for for MLS national broadcasters in the past. You know, you see how much uh, how much work you know Fox and ESPN and Univision as well, you know, put into sort of helping MLS grow its property um, and. You know, that's it's it's sort of it's sort of a mix of all those things, but like you said, ratings is the is the big deal here. It really matters, you know, how teams are are trending or how a property is trending on that front.
2: Yeah, let me ask you this: How does MLS talk about their TV ratings when they're significantly lower than the Premier League and across the board compared to other the top four in America?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's I guess the the tricky part. I mean, you know. I'm sure you guys have discussed before or, or all know the sort of stats as a result to, you know, this being this <clears throat> wave of soccer fandom in this country mm-hmm. and how more people today are, are, you know, more inclined to watch soccer or be fans of soccer. You know? So I think that, that, that kind of always will lead the day. And, and, you know, there are very few soccer properties that, that are relevant on TV. I mean, you know, Premier League does pretty well, uh, you know, Liga Mekis, at least in Spanish language does very well, but outside of that, whether it's because they're on, you know, uh, you know, Spanish league on BN doesn't really have as much, uh, you know, visibility or Bundesliga on Fox doesn't really get too, too great of ratings. I mean, there, there's still, there's still a little bit of a disconnect between the amount of soccer fans and, and folks that tune in. So I think, you know, for MLS, it's, a, it's the growth story that they want to tell, you know, they're, they're getting into more cities and, and becoming more popular. And you know, you see what happened in, in Atlanta these last two years or even in the final. I mean, those are great stories to sort of tell. And, you know, like I said from earlier about the broadcasters point of view, they're gonna look and sort of say, Well, there's seventy thousand excited people in Atlanta that are tuned you know, showing up to games and are going bonkers. Like this could be a scene in London or Manchester or or Munich, and no one would or you know, Madrid, pick a city. And no one would be surprised that this is, you know, soccer. We're talking about Atlanta. How do we translate that? And how do we get folks in the United States to really sort of tune in at that same scale? And, you know, it's, it's always going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. But the league's ratings have increased over, over time. They're You know, they're, they're doing better. And uh, there's, there's a definitely an, an emphasis to, to sort of build on that. You know, it's, it'll, it'll be tricky if they're going to ask depending on what they want in that deal. And again, like I said, there's there is a scarcity of rights when it comes to sports. So you know, there's there's hope that a broadcaster will say, well, you know, there's only one FL, there's only one MLB, you know, NHL and NLB, you know, NBA. There's only one big other professional sports league in the U.S., and here's the opportunity to kind of be involved with it, and that that drive up the, the price as well.
1: Ian, there was that report, I believe, last spring of that four billion dollar. TV rights deal that was offered sure. to MLS with the stipulation of promotion relegation being uh, added to the league. That's not something MLS would consider in a, in a few years
0: here, would it? Um, well, two, two things, I guess I'll say about that specifically, you know, there was the league's position at the time. And, and I presume it would still be the league's position. If any sort of deal was uh, approach to them is that the current broadcasters, that they deal with have have a little bit of a negotiating window when the contracts expire. So they, they're not really, uh, they don't really have the ability to do a effectively I guess, like a pre-contract signing like this. Secondly, um, you know, MP and MP Silva was behind that, uh, that offer more or less. And, you know, since that has happened, um, MP and Silva effectively is liquidated a lot of its broadcasting money. Um, you know, they, the, the the company itself is kind of insolvent. They haven't paid uh, other debt to other properties in which they hold the rights, kind of raising questions of how realistic was that sort of deal to begin with. My, to, to answer your question more directly, I don't think the league would ever consider a broadcast deal that would force them to do anything as it relates to an, the on-the-field product or you know, consider certain things. I, I don't think they would necessarily consider that. I mean, um, so I guess a little hypothetical, but it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to say.
3: With the current rating, everyone talks about, oh, you know, MLS ratings are kind of lagging behind. Do you have, you know, potentially any, like, what What do you think are ways that, you know, MLS can, hey, say, <laughs> or hey, and try to improve? Hey, I'm putting the ball on your court. See if you can... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think, I mean, James, if... Uh that's like a literally hundred million dollar question because I think that's that's gonna be, you know, what's this the negotiation is gonna come down to? I mean, what what is MLS gonna kinda say or present as an idea to kind of grow these ratings to where, you know, this is uh four hundred to five hundred thousand people are watching weekly, no matter who plays. I mean currently, you know, they're they're getting some, you know, sub two hundred thousand games on FS one and whatnot, which, you know, is says something about, you know, um kind of the growth and it's struggling to a certain degree. I mean, you know, the league is the league has played up rivalries. Um, you know, a lot of those games have gotten good tune-ins. You know, there, there are some markets that have proven that, you know, folks will tune in and watch those games regardless. It's a very similar thing you see in the NHL where there's a lot of, a lot of the same teams play on national television, which, does gripe some fans i mean if you're a chicago blackhawks fan or capitals washington capitals or boston bruins fan you'll see your team on national tv a lot if you are a dallas stars fan or national predators fan um you might be a little bit missed by the fact that you're not on but there's uh you know research that that is backing that sort of thought process so does that change to the point where you're going to see a lot of you know a lot of atlanta united games on tv versus say I don't, I don't want to pick a team out and say they do bad on national TV, but, but I'm sure you sort of get my gist. I mean, I think there's just, I think the goal is just to, to grow the league's relevance, get get teams to be more relevant in their marketplaces, get teams that are in big cities like Chicago or Philadelphia um, or, you know, New England area, or even New York here um, sort of more relevant. I mean, that's going to, you can kind of get bigger, bigger fandoms in those cities. That's what's going to kind of lead more folks to, to sort of tune in, but I don't think there's uh you know any one magic sort of bullet that's gonna all of a sudden have a ton of people sort of tune in.
2: Well Ian we really appreciate the time. We do have a shameless plug here on the show, so please go ahead and just once again plug where we can find your work or anything else that you contribute to.
0: <laughs> Alright, well I appreciate that guys. Uh like I said I with Sports Business Journal, uh, Sports Business Daily uh, you could sort of check out everything I, I post on uh, Twitter. I try to share as much as I can at uh, by Ian Thomas. Um, anything that, that folks are interested in related to the business of soccer, I'm happy to cover. So uh, always always happy to chat, and I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate
1: Thanks again to Ian Thomas for joining us. A uh, lot of good information there. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I try to learn something new with these interviews we do, but I feel like I learned a lot with uh, with that last interview. What do you guys think about that?
2: You know, yeah. I just don't know how MLS is going to get a bigger TV deal when their TV ratings continue just to suck.
3: Yeah. You're, <laughs> it's kind of tough when the, your games on FS1 like Chicago and like the Galaxy don't. I, don't, I don't think they eclipsed two hundred thousand. I could be wrong, but I I, if they did, it was barely, and that's like, oh, um, uh, for last week. Last week's match,
2: they had more uh, than that.
3: I don't know. If it, I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I don't think it eclipsed... It, it wasn't a record breaker. It wasn't three hundred thousand for a
1: look, MLS opening night. Look, guys. Know? Look, guys. I know the narrative last week was MLS ratings are down, but like, let's look at last year's overall numbers. The, the 2018 viewership numbers across the board viewership was up six percent last year, reaching twenty six million viewers across. All network uh, networks, uh, Univision, which I believe was down 24% last week, yikes. saw a 14% growth in viewers in 2018, and it was the most watched MLS season on the network, averaging 287,000 fans. Now look, those aren't huge numbers, 287,000 uh, in the grand scheme of things when you're comparing it to the NFL or the NBA or, or even Major League Baseball. But the trend over the last couple of years show there has been growth. In, in TV viewership, yeah, there, there
3: has, but it's like it's a very slow and steady growth, right? It's not. I think all of us expect at some point MLS to overtake one of the big four teams. I think it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when.
2: Guys, um, and I, sorry to interrupt, them Yeah, man. but uh, you, you are right. Actually, I'm looking at WorldSoccerTalk.com. They have listed out all the games under two hundred thousand for for LA Galaxy, Chicago Fire. And yeah, then, it
3: was under two hundred thousand.
2: Yeah. And C- Sounders, Cincinnati was also under two hundred thousand. But ESPN, DC United, Atlanta United, just under four hundred thousand. And LAFC, Sporting KC, three hundred and sixty-one hundred thousand.
3: I mean, those are also better games too.
2: Right, but are we? Let's throw this out there. ESPN, do they put a better MLS package together than FS1?
3: I'm thinking about that, but I would, I would almost. Jake, you take this one. Let me, give me, let me give me some more time to think about it, because I want to say no, it's, but...
1: It's tough to say. I mean, when you're talking about MLS Package, we are just talking about the, the, the game, the broadcast of the game. Or yeah. are we talking about what else comes with ESPN? You get... I mean, if you have the ESPN Plus No, no, no I'm talking Everyone. about
2: their broadcast of MLS. Is there... Well,
1: I mean, it, it's your... I guess it's your preference. I mean, if you want to listen to John Champion and Taylor Twellman talk, yeah, you probably would lean MLS. Or if you want to listen to Stu Holden and, and, and John Strong... I. I, to be honest with you, it's a coin flip. I think they both do a solid job. The one thing I think it's I, a wash. It's
2: it's it's a, it's a and wash. And one thing
1: I would prefer, the one thing I prefer out of ESPN, which I, I know FS1 does this occasionally, is there's like no there's no pre match show. There's nothing. There's nothing to get you ready for the game. And I know FS1 will occasionally do a a pre match show. ESPN, when you're watching it, it's like, all right, we're gonna leave eastern carolina university versus charleston college the college basketball game and you're gonna get dc united and atlanta it's like you just jump right into it i don't know it, it there's nothing i wish there was bookend a little bit with like a pre and post game show
2: now
3: yeah yeah I, I agree and also the treatment of mls cup with fox compared to espn is like that's one thing that kind of factored into you know You know, it feels like a big deal once on Fox. Fan feels like, oh, it should be on ESPN too. You know, it's not like doesn't feel like a marquee event. Like at least maybe it'll change this year, but I mean overall, just didn't feel like a marquee. You know, oh wow, this is like a. It it just it just it just wasn't feeling like that. I do believe the quality of ESPN's broadcast has actually gone up this year. I think they've actually uh, it looks a lot better than what it has been. FS1 to me has always been good, but. I mean, I, like a point I you, I try making on the show at least like once every two months. Aesthetically, MLS is not pleasing on the eyes compared to like leagues like the Premier
1: League. Well, here's the other thing though: if ESPN were to treat MLS like it was a big deal, it, and by by that I mean if they were actually giving MLS time on SportsCenter Center every night or you know a couple times a week and talking about MLS instead of just it's just this sport we have on, just like we have cornhole on you know random times during the afternoon. You know, I mean that's what that's what ESPN. It feels like they they treat it as you know. And if 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 they were to talk about MLS matches on Sports Center and and make it feel more important, I think you would see a direct increase in in viewership.
2: Yeah, but it's not ESPN's responsibility to hype up MLS when it should be MLS's job. I get it. ESPN's no, the network, no, it is
1: no, no. It is, ESPN's job to hype up MLS because they are paying to broadcast the matches. So right. they should be hyping it up because they are the ones who are investing money.
2: Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, MLS, ESPN could just cut bait and be like, all right, MLS, you're on your own. Go find somewhere else.
1: And They very well could. Like I said, MLS to ESPN, uh, it feels like MLS treat or ESPN treats MLS like it's the Cornhole Championships or whatever <laughs> Overwatch video game stream or wh- whatever – stupid thing they air on ESPN2. That's what MLS feels like.
2: It'll be something to pay attention to is how MLS it's, will deal. Steven. With
1: what? I just want to point out, looking at, this is on, we're recording this Sunday. Nine o'clock ESPN2 tonight, the World Axe Throwing League. That's what MLS feels like to me. Well, World Axe Throwing? Nice. I kind of want to watch World Axe it now. Throwing League. Nine o'clock.
2: I, I'm I, actually curious now. Well, they'll have now three more viewers tonight after you, us three, will watch
1: maybe
2: maybe, maybe. maybe. We, are
1: your, your, we are your official world axe throwing podcast by the way yeah. <laughs> the official podcast of the world axe throwing league
2: there you go listeners if you haven't had the chance go back to yesterday's episode we spoke with Bobby Warshaw talking about why teams are trash in Comcaf Champions League you follow Armand Kaffai and his coverage of FC Dallas at Armand follow Jake Watroba at Jake Watroba you can follow yours truly at Steven Joderant. and yeah We'll be back tomorrow.
0: Duncan's new wake-up go-to's mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-to's. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. The available AKG 36-speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop
2: arriving.